Peace, everybody. Peace, peace, peace. My name is Jamar Jabari. And thank you for another episode of Unsavory Politique, where we talk about issues that are important and causes that matter. And I want to give a big shout out to the footage that you just saw that was led by the PSL, where there was over, I think, um, about 200 people there probably a little more, and we shut down Broadway, uh, which is a very big, for people that don't haven't visited New Haven, but it's a very big um, uh, commercial spot where a, a lot of high-end businesses, I'm talking about um, name brand stores that you and I can't afford. <laughs> but yeah, they're right outside of Yale. We shut that down. We got people's attention. We had some people angry. I've heard I heard some anger, but no shopping while there's a genocide going on. Um, and we're going to talk about this amazing group called Gaza Solidarity Aid. Um, I have an audio um, interview that I'm going to be showing. And the reason why it's audio is because Israel controls the water, everything, even the, the media. Um, hell, like you see here, all our media goes through Israel first when they talk about Israel before they even show it. Everybody should know this by now. This is common knowledge. So what we're seeing right now is a grassroots organization that we're talking about here. And I want to give a shout out to my comrade, Kirill, who gave me the um, the support to talk to these people. And I'm going to give them a huge shout out and the contact here that lives here in New Haven that Kirill um, helped me. <laughs> uh, let me get the person's name. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Uh, Yuka. Thank you so much, Yuka. Um, that's the contact that Kirill uh, helped me talk to. You know Kirill. Kirill's been on my other show, um, Jabari Block Podcast, uh, multiple times. Um, so this is a group called Gaza. Solidarity Aid, and they have been doing tremendous work with the little resources they have. I have the GoFundMe page in the link in the description and their Instagram as well, too. And what you see right here sharing on my screen is their Instagram page. 
and let's go and look at this work that they have done before we go right into the audio interview, which is a, a response from Noor Elshak. Noor Elshak, and I hope I say her name correctly. Um, Noor is a young student, white student, that is volunteering. She is born and raised in Gaza and is one of the big leaders of this uh, aid group. And let's look at the impact that they were able to do so far. Um, they have supported over 70,750 families, 470,500 individuals by and for communities in Southern Gaza. And mind you, Southern Gaza was supposed to be a place for refuge, but the Israelis, they're on a bloodthirsty feud. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it is genocide. You don't need the International Court of Justice to tell you that, even though they are allowing them to continue it for another month saying, oh, you have to adjust the things you're doing. You should be, uh, it should be a ceasefire. There shouldn't be adjustments. There shouldn't be um, doing, killing people more better or whatever. Um, they also were already were able to do 22,760 meals, 4,116 food packages, 2,570 produced back uh, baskets, 2,480 hygiene packets, 1,600 diapers, pads, and formula, 4,050 blankets, 1,100 linen clothes, 1,000 flower packets, 684 mattresses, 340 pillows, 295 tents constructed. And the tents, you know, a lot of people are living in tents. For people that don't understand, they have carpet bombed a huge amount of, of Gaza, a very huge amount, and people have no choice but to live in tents. And you're going to hear in the video um, how much that has impacted the city that they are serving um, right now. You're going to hear in the video how much the medical services for women and people that have um, and people that have reproductive uh, issues how what they're dealing with you're going to hear right from Nora a testimony of what she has endured since october the 8th and i want you to give this sister the utmost respect and all her colleagues every last one of them shouts out to yuka as well too give yuka the utmost respect for being a contact to share this information out so people can know about it and people can um donate Donate, donate. The link will be in my bio. Um, without further ado, I will give you the audio interview. Thank you so much for listening. Um, salam or hello from Rafah, Gaza, or as I like to say in Arabic, from Gaza, Ardul Izza. Gaza, the land of dignity. And dignity is so important to everyone everyone in gaza it is something that we fight to keep and we'd rather die with dignity than to live without dignity um how am i doing um i, I know that i'm not doing okay at all 
I know that my heart aches all the time for what's been happening. It does not stop. There is no break. Literally no break. Um, I'm always losing more people. And my people are losing more people. Um, losing more houses. Losing. And continue to be losing. So no, we're not okay. I lost. I lost cousins. And I lost aunts. And uncles. And friends. Close friends. And colleagues. And professors. And university. And everything. Um, and it's still ongoing. It just hasn't stopped. It just, yeah, it just keeps going. <clears throat> um, but I only, I feel like I only find, um, like, an, I don't know, like a relative relief um, working on this project that we've been working on, this, like, Gaza um, relief project. And so the basically, like, how it started, it um, started, like, you know, literally on October 8th, like, since day one. When all of this happened, it's when Israel started bombing Gaza, started bombing everywhere and asking people from Gaza City in the north to evacuate to the south here. And people started coming in, started with them coming to to seek shelter in schools, like honorable schools and non-honorable schools. And then it continued to expand. So really just like started with me and a friend of mine where we decided that we just should go out on the ground and try to help people with what they need because this is our city you know like this we have our houses here we have our like we know the people here so we can start helping people out and really sort of just started from with us um helping people with like mattresses and blankets and stuff with from my own house and my cousin's houses and my uncles and same thing about my friend and then through our friends and people we know and then it continued to expand. So right now, like, we started, like, a whole fundraising for what we've been doing. Um, and we've been expanding our work. Um, yeah, so now we have, like, around 13 permanent volunteers on the ground in Gaza. And we also, like, have uh, more, like, temporary volunteers as needed. Like, when we're bringing in, like, uh, large amounts of... Uh, um, packages or really just stuff to be distributed around or like when we're trying to set up tents like when it's a setting up tents project day or things like that we ask for more help from people and people help us and same thing about like photographers who volunteer with us from time to time also like to get us like some good footage so that we can um share more about what what the work we've been doing so that like we also like get more support so that we can continue to expand our work um so far we have helped more than 88,000 families um like around more than half a million people and the thing is like more people are coming like only more people are coming like we've been working on the south like the southern part of the valley at the beginning or yeah like for a while um and then you know like um israel started like their ground invasion on Yunis and then also parts of the middle area so really um a lot of people have been coming to rafah and it is still going it's still ongoing i have relatives in Yunis who are still like i'm worrying about right now they are actually bomb 
getting bombed like there he is getting bombed as i'm recording this like uh, my aunts like first aunts and their children grandchildren and we don't know like we can't contact them because like uh, the service is uh, the cellular service is really really terrible if existent like sometimes it's just it's, it's a complete blackout anyway so we don't know what would happen to them but um but with all of this happening more and more and more and more people are coming to Rafah um, so right now we've been focusing most of our work to help people inside here because now Rafah is probably the most densely populated area in the whole world uh, it's a small city with uh, that used to have around a quarter million people before these attacks started right now there is more than one and a half million people inside Rafah and these people are seeking refuge as I said like they started with schools and now they're everywhere they're like on the streets setting up tents they are on uh, every house like every house including my own house has at least 10 families inside of it and like I'm talking large families cousins families like each family is like around I don't know, like seven to ten people more or less and people are setting up tents on the roofs of houses on the streets um, inside wedding halls inside hospitals inside clinics um, they're literally everywhere now and there is a huge humanitarian crisis um, for these people and there's so much that they need and there is a shortage of everything and plus recently like more um things have been coming inside here because like they allowed some of the uh, some of goods to be coming in through like uh, some of the businessmen in here so we've been purchasing some of that like including flour so flour is being a little more available but it is or and same thing about like canned food and, and some other options but the thing about all of these is that they are very expensive because it is you know like a war time um, and these families are families that have people who evacuated were evacuated from their houses during the summer, a lot of them, and they walked to safety or whatever, walked to seek refuge here in Rafah, um, wearing their summer clothes. And right now it's winter, and um, it's it rained actually um, around two hours ago, and I like it's it's going to be raining during uh, tonight during this night and it will still continue to rain um so you're talking about people who don't have winter clothes um who are not in houses that can cover them from rain um some of them are intense some are not some are literally in the streets um so yes we've been trying to get them like uh, so that's like what people people you know these are the new um then the things that we've been focusing on, like really just helping people with tents, like setting up tents. Um, uh, also, um, winter clothes, because I also like, I also volunteer at a hospital. I'm a medical student and I volunteer at one of the hospitals here in Rafah. And, you know, like sometimes we get like uh, some casualties and injured people coming into the hospital and some of them like we try um to get the shrapnel out of their bodies and i remember it happened so many times with uh, like these guys um whom we tried like to remove you know like to ask them to take off their pants if they're conscious and they'd be looking at me because i'm like a 
a female med student or a female doctor and they're like you know embarrassed and I figure that it's probably because they're not wearing any underwear and I ask them and they say yeah we're not we're not because they don't have any they ran out of them and same thing like about when we tried like to tear apart their pants like to put on a cast or just work with them um sometimes like we try not to tear it apart because or like when we do it we do it right so that they can saw it saw it again because we know that if we do this then this is the last the only the one and only pair of pants that they have and we just um took that away from them so um and this this is not something that has ever been the case here in gaza um, this is so different. Um, this is this is this is not something um, that people here have ever had to experience um, before any of this happened. Um, regarding uh, hospitals, yes. Um, <clears throat> so um, the main hospitals in the Gaza Strip have been out of service, and here in Rafah, we don't really have an actual hospital. Like even before any of this happened, we've actually been advocating for a long time. For the building of a hospital in Rafah, like an actual, like you know, hospital, and they started like building it uh, very recently, but like right now it's not functional because it's it's not anywhere close to be ready. So we just have like um, these small mini hospitals. One of them where like I'm volunteering, um, and a lot of the injuries that come to our place, like for example, like we don't have a CT for like a brain CT. If if you like, if you think that this person with a and like uh, they, they they may be having a hemorrhage like a subarachnoid hemorrhage or whatever like in their brains you can't even get a ct on them so you'd have to transfer them so we transferred them to the european hospital in khan yunis um, this hospital is still functioning till now but khan yunis is like underground invasion so we'd expect it to be out of service very soon just like nasser hospital which is already out of service like right now we can't transfer any of the cases, like we used to transfer the burn cases to there. Um, right now, we can't do any of that. Um, so we just have an Jar hospital, like in Rafah. That's the main hospital that's uh, that's actually working currently. And an Jar hospital, like literally, has two ICU beds in this whole like so-called hospital. Um, and so there's so many cases that come in to the ER and like our departments all the time. So many that um, that it gets like, you know, because like literally most of the Gaza Strip is in here. And um, yeah, the health system is breaking down even there. And I also noticed that there are also like these people that we don't even think about much because like, you get distracted with bombings and these are all like like even the bombings like i haven't even mentioned them in any of what i've been saying or any of what i've been talking about because it's like direct damage that you can see but i'm talking about like the other things that people sometimes can't even see like uh, you know like the dialysis patients and cancer patients who um cancer patients they don't get any of their treatment currently because we they used to like depend on going to hospitals in Jerusalem to get their treatment or like travel abroad and come back because Gaza has never been allowed to get those medications inside Gaza under the blockade so this like has been an old case but now with the blockade being even more intense they can't get any of their medications so they're only deteriorating and also they some of them you know like they need the um, continuous parents and thesis dialysis patients some of them like need, they need 
catheters in these old um old patients who also need like catheters for urine for urine so you're talking about people who can't really just live like live in tents you know and they're like on top of sand and, and and sleep on top of sand away from everything um and very far from bathrooms so it gets really hard so we also like did this initiative like it's called the Bara medical center that we started in one of the wedding halls in Rafah um where we rented a wedding hall and we built like we set up uh, some tents inside of it for 120 families of you know like 120 patients like that that patients like dialysis patients and um and cancer patients were trying to provide some additions essentials for them um we're also talking about like women who um who lack hygiene and um, lack you know like literally just sanitary pads and literally the essentials so we've also been trying to get um to make as many and bring as many as possible um of these like health and this hygiene packages for women so that they can also help them keep i don't know moving um the work we've been doing is uh, not safe at all um every time we're moving we know that like you know we've moved by places that got bombed like it's only a matter i don't know like of luck or i don't know what would you, you would like call it that we're still alive we actually we, we actually lost a photographer who followed volunteered with us before and his name is Mustafa actually he, he died with uh, Hamza Wa'il Dahdouh like Wa'il Dahdouh's son um, he yeah he well, he volunteered with us on multiple occasions but he died one day like he was targeted or like he was killed and while he was uh, in a car um, but yeah but really like none of what we're doing is safe and we know that we can um, be targeted or we can be killed at any point during our work. Um, but yeah, but we we continue to do it because we know that people do need anything that we can get them. People right now are in need for everything. And regarding the numbers of people in tents or like people on... I don't know, like, the number of people outside tents. Because I know people in tents, the number of people in tents is much more than them. Um, yeah. Uh, regarding mothers who um, give birth during uh, this crisis, um, they actually... Um, Yeah, so they actually, some of them, you know, like they, some of them gave birth inside their tents. Some of them managed to go to Al Emirati Hospital, like inside Rafah, where's also, there's like actually volunteered there for a while too at the beginning of this. And um, the number of women that come into the hospital is huge. It's it's a mini hospital, like Al Emirati Hospital is a hospital for delivery, and it's a mini, mini hospital. And the number of women coming in there is huge, and um, and they, uh, some of them like uh, don't even manage to get to that hospital, and also the treatment that women or like the care that women get there is really not the best.
Yeah, right now it's raining as I'm recording this. And right now, like, people in tents are not, um, they're crying. I don't know, like, they're not, they're not doing fine because it's raining on top of them. In the past, I know that every single person in Gaza would always, like, we have this prayer. That's It's a specific prayer to ask for rain. And people would, were always, like, praying that prayer because they would be asking for rain. I People told me today when I was, as I was, like, walking around and, like, distributing the, some of the packages around. They were t- telling me how, like, right now they're actually praying. It just does not rain again till they're back to their houses. To their bond houses, obviously, but until they're back to a house but they're praying to for it to never rain anyway so back to like two women um delivering babies so um i know that in in gaza city a lot of cesarean sections were done without any anesthesia whatsoever um here rafah it's a little kind of better like we use some anesthesia it is still kind of available, but it will we will run out of it very soon. Um, uh, and then right after that, like the the environment for women like to be um, breastfeeding is not is not the best. Like it's not it's not good. It's just not good. Um, and their diet is really bad. And a lot of them are not able to actually be breastfeeding because they're not even eating well at all because there isn't available food for them Uh, people are being starved babies are being starved and there's a huge um, percentage of malnutrition among babies that i've also been seeing inside hospitals um inside tents people i don't know is there still hope i don't know um i guess it depends sometimes people just feel like maybe there is like I don't know, maybe us like waiting on the ICJ um, court decision. And then, yeah, we're just like hopeful at the point. Maybe like we had some hope in humanity and then we're kind of like let down because none of that demanded a ceasefire. Um, so I guess, I don't know, it's just, it's on and off. Um, um it, it 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 yeah i don't know like there isn't um a single word to describe what people in tents are feeling what we are feeling i can't tell you that they have hope or that they don't um also like as i'm also recording this um i just read on the news that electricity just turned off uh, at nasser hospital you're talking about a hospital that has been besieged and that will be or it looks like it will be invaded very soon, ground invaded by the IDF. Um, and also all the um, all the patients inside the ICU will be will be dying very soon. And yeah, yeah. So thank you, and I'm sorry if I talked a lot. And thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's a huge pleasure to be talking on this podcast, to be a part of it. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your work, and thank you so much for giving me this platform to talk um, on behalf of the people here. And yeah, ceasefire, <laughs> uh, support support our project because 
supporting people on the ground who you know like who know people here who can go around and help people here and like uh, you know like none of what we're doing is like for like show purposes or whatever we're just trying to help people around here and the only reason would be even taking some of the any of the footage that we'd be taking and sometimes is only so that we we can share our work and get more fun to expand our work but really really people here are in a huge need for all the support that they can get to support their steadfastness and really just like keep them help them keep going you know like help them have a reason to keep going thank you thank you so much